Amazon, who's making its workers work right now. No, Amazon is not essential services. Sorry. Making its workers work right now. Saying, oh, if you don't feel safe, you know, you could go home, but we're not going to pay you. Because the world's richest man can't afford paid sick leave. There was a gentleman by the name of Chris Smalls, Christian Smalls, excuse me, who I've already reached out to, Jen reached out to, we want to interview you, Christian, if you're watching, who's been tweeting up a storm. He works at Amazon, and he's been showing clips uh, like this uh, for days at Amazon. Let me show you one of them. Where that? You still doing the same shit? I'm six feet. These tables four feet. Don't make sense. Giselle, we six feet away? Yeah, put your foot out. We two feet away. And Christian was basically showing that at that Amazon uh, workspace uh, in Staten Island, New York, uh, that wasn't social distancing. People were sitting next to each other, on top of each other. Multiple people at Amazon have been tested positive. So Christian, being a leader, said, this is disastrous. By the way, not just for the workers at Amazon, but for the people that are opening packages from Amazon. You, me. So Christian was saying, uh, we're being forced to work. If we don't work, we don't get paid. Again, richest man in the world will not, does not have paid sick leave. Some say, because I tweeted this out and some people got a lot of little triggered, I said, to the lazy among us, Amazon is not an essential service. I'm sorry. And there were some people who tweeted out, well, Jordan, I'm disabled and I need it. And Jordan, in rural areas, it's the only thing we can get. I understand. For, not, for some people, it is needed. So I wasn't trying to be insensitive. But for the majority, frankly, Amazon is not an essential service. Most, more importantly, how is it that the man with the most money in the world cannot set up a system where you have enough space between workers, where you have ample amount of masks for your workers, of gloves for your workers. Frankly, Jeff Bezos could figure out a way to get shields for his workers. Jeff Bezos has more money than anyone in the world. He could snap his fingers and get masks for Amazon workers. He could snap his fingers and get uh, gloves and shields even gowns. And don't get me wrong, obviously nurses and doctors are priority. But that worker, Christian, who organized, by the way, a walkout at Amazon, is fighting for his life, his co-workers' lives, and your life. Because if you are opening that package, there's a reason they call this the novel coronavirus because we don't exactly know completely how it works. And doctors and nurses and even the experts at the CDC are continually having to readjust. Remember they told you weeks ago, actually, if you're healthy, wearing a mask won't actually protect you. If you're healthy and you don't feel symptoms, wearing a mask won't actually protect you. Well, now all of a sudden, weeks later, they're starting to revise that and they might come out saying all Americans should wear masks. So it's not quite understood completely how this virus works. But what is understood is the, the, the virus lives on surfaces for, for all we know for 24 to 48 hours, possibly longer. So if somebody is sick working at Amazon because they don't have a choice, if they don't go home, they're not going to get paid because of the greed of Jeff Bezos that is allowed, by the way, by the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Somebody at Amazon could be, not be feeling well, touching your packages. Maybe they're wearing gloves. I don't know if the gloves they're wearing are, are enough for that not to be transmitted into the packaging that they're sending to you or me. 
and you could be opening that package. Hopefully, you're opening it with gloves or something like that. And it could be transmitted to you. We don't fully know how this works. But Jeff Bezos, he's not offering double pay for workers that are risking their lives at Amazon. He's not offering paid sick leave if you don't feel safe. Nothing. Uh, So Christian organizes a walkout of Amazon workers. And what does Amazon do? They fired his ass. Amazon has terminated an employee based in the company's Staten Island, New York warehouse after he participated in a worker walkout protesting the company's response to the novel coronavirus. Amazon confirmed the firing, blah, 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 blah. Quote, Mr. Smalls was found to have had close contact with diagnosed associate with a diagnosed associate with a confirmed case of COVID-19 and was asked to remain home with pay for 14 days, which is a measure we're taking at sites around the world, said a spokesperson. Despite that instruction to stay home with pay, he came on site today, March 30th, putting the team at risk. Amazon is saying they fired this worker who organized a walkout because Amazon is not enforcing actual social distancing. I just showed you the clips from his Twitter. Do you see people social distancing at Amazon? Does that look like social distancing to you? People are sitting right next to each other at Amazon. So do you think if this guy was actually offered paid sick leave because he was exposed to someone who tested positive, do you really think if he was offered paid sick leave, he'd be organizing a walkout? Uh, I don't think so. I want the receipts that Amazon offered Christian, as they say, 14 days of pay because he was in contact with someone with COVID-19. But putting that aside, this notion that they're putting in place protocols, uh, quote unquote, he had close contact with a diagnosed associate who, with confirmed cases of COVID-19. Amazon is literally that bull statement, because frankly, it's probably bull Again, we've already reached out to Christian to try and interview him. We'll see if he gets back to us. Um, you don't have to. And Jeff Bezos is pretty rich. I think he could get government health officials on the phone. Uh, you're not protecting your workers by simply sending workers home that were in contact with someone who tested positive. Because as we know, you could have dozens of workers right next to you. If you're an Amazon worker, you could have dozens of workers right next to you all day that have no symptoms, that have not been tested, that do have coronavirus. I'll give you an example. Uh, Chris Cuomo, the anchor on CNN, and I give, you know, I give him a lot of I don't like, I don't like, I don't think he's a tough journalist, but I don't wish him poor health. He tested positive for coronavirus. He wasn't showing symptoms. He started feeling uh, poorly like two days ago. He still did his show. He got a, po- got a positive result this morning, but he was doing his show for quite some time without symptoms. He might've had it then. So Amazon standard that they're keeping their workers safe they're only sending home workers if there's somebody who's tested positive is insanity. You don't know who is positive and who's not because you could have the walking sick there who aren't feeling it yet. And because, as we already know, through wonderful reporting over the years, uh, Michael Sonato and other people, Amazon's working conditions are already horrific. So do you think Amazon is taking the, taking the proper protocols to make sure their, their workers at Staten Island and elsewhere are six feet away from each other? Get the f*** out of here. So they fired this worker with this complete b- reason that he violated, he was sent home with pay. The firing follows the protest uh, 
partly organized by Smalls, who had called on Amazon to shut down the Staten Island facility for deep cleaning after multiple cases of the coronavirus emerged there. In an interview on Sunday, Smalls told CNN he had spent the past week trying to persuade senior warehouse officials to close the building and sterilize it, but to no avail. By the way, Staten Island in New York City, New York City is the epicenter of the coronavirus in America. New York State has over 1,500 deaths. United States has had over 3,000 deaths. So New York has over half of the deaths here in the United Corporations of America. But this Staten Island facility was kept open, apparently was not having daily deep cleanings. From what I could tell from those videos, they don't have any stringent protocols to keep workers a safe distance. And how can you have surefire uh, protocols to keep workers away from each other and a safe distance when they're packaging all day? Obviously, you're going to be passing workers. This comes, they fired this guy, by the way, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who, was, who I think is a schmuck. On most things, he has called for an investigation. The Attorney General of New York has called for an investigation into Amazon. And if Congress wasn't so corrupt, I think they should bring, I think they should bring Jeff Bezos in for a congressional testimony to explain why is it that the richest person in the world, you, Jeff Bezos, does not offer paid sick leave for all employees? Why is it that you, Jeff Bezos, are not offering your workers hazard pay and double pay for risking their lives to come in and work in Amazon. Why is it you, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, Amazon is a trillion dollar company, do not have protocols at your warehouses to keep workers a safe distance from each other? Can anyone answer this to me? You cannot, as a government, fall asleep at the switch. Yes, Donald Trump is the reason that we were not prepared for this. He should have prepared for this in January when health experts were telling him and warning him coronavirus is coming to the United States and the Republican Party and the Democrats just gave you a sandwich masqueraded as relief. But people tomorrow are going to are, are start getting hassled by their landlords, by their mortgage companies. So uh, there's been a temporary halt on student loans. That's good. But this is unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I just want to tell you a little bit more about this sandwich. This is from Dave Dayton, Dayton at the Prospect, American Prospect. This is t- the $1,200 you know, it's touted that everyone's going to get $1,200 in the mail, but it's means tested. So it's really every American earning $75,000 or less phasing out at $100,000. But it also means it's also means tested in the worst possible way based on IRS data from 2018. So 3.283 million Americans filed jobless claims last week. Did some of them make $100,000 a year in 2018? It's certainly possible. They're not going to get, they're going to get nothing from this provision. Means testing is stupid under normal conditions. Means testing based on two-year-old data is insane. Meanwhile, we'll be lucky if the people who need this money the most will still be at the address where the check will be mailed since it's based on 2018. If you have direct deposit on file with the IRS, about 70 million Americans do, you'll get that money within a few weeks. If you don't, the check will be mailed and it will take up to four months. This is what's being presented as relief. The unemployment, this benefit will be run through state unemployment insurance systems, a creaky patchwork of varying quality that is mostly unprepared for the crush of claims. Systems in 22 states aren't ready for a recession level of unemployment claims, the Wall Street Journal reports, which is astonishing since we've had a decade of job growth. Many states never replenished the trust funds after the Great Recession. That could be handled with federal dollars. The bigger problem is the throughput of these underfunded systems. Check out any local news site and you'll find stories about systems being overwhelmed, people getting kicked off the online portal, on hold with the call center, having to fill online applications 15 times. So 
Good luck getting that unemployment in time for your rent and other expenses. Small business grants, I'll get to that another time. And we already know about the corporate slush fund. That is anywhere between 4.5, some people say $6 trillion. Un-effing believable. The last thing I'll say is as Amazon and Jeff Bezos are firing workers who try to organize against their immoral, unethical, and frankly, I think illegal behavior, don't forget they started a fund. They threw in $25 million, which basically Jeff Bezos shits out before breakfast, $25 million. An Amazon relief fund was created for employees, for relief for them during the coronavirus. Amazon shipped in $25 million, and they're asking you for the rest. Yes, they're asking for donations. Ask public to donate to Amazon Relief Fund. Wow. You remember Paul Ryan? He used to talk about the takers. Ronald Reagan and the welfare queens. Nancy Pelosi says, we're, you know, no, 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 we're capitalists. We just are. How in the world is this acceptable that this rich, greedy scumbag, who, by the way, has co-opted and bought off local officials in Seattle, has bought off Washington State representatives so that he doesn't have to pay any new taxes. In Seattle, which we went to Seattle last year, we interviewed Shama Sawant in addition to others. Um, Seattle was going to pass a very modest head tax, $250 an employee at companies like Amazon and Boeing to go towards affordable housing since there's a massive homelessness crisis in cities like Seattle because of the raging rent increases. Seattle's rent went up 70% in five years because of Jeff Bezos and the gentrification there. You know what Jeff Bezos did? He kicked and he screamed and he threatened to move, move, what, move Amazon out of Seattle if you put that tax through and the city council caved. So at some point, maybe not now because everybody's focused on coronavirus, at some point, Jeff Bezos is the new Wall Street. You think we needed, a, you know, you think we needed an Occupy Wall Street back in 2011? I agree. We need an Occupy Amazon at this point. I'm not blaming the workers, but Amazon is the tip of the iceberg. And this kind of corporate welfare, this kind of corporate malfeasance, this kind of corporate treachery, frankly, this kind of corporate terrorism. Yeah, I said it. Terrorism is unacceptable in a country that claims to be the richest country in the world. It's the richest country in the world for Jeff Bezos. It ain't the richest country in the world for you or for me. I digress. I've been criticizing Bernie the last few days. Still love him, but, you know, if you're looking for uh, Bernie headquarters who's never going to criticize him and has his head up his ass, that's not me. But Bernie went on uh, Seth Meyers last night. Uh, Seth asked him, you know, what are you doing? Are you in? Are you out? Can you still win? Let's look at what Bernie Sanders had to say. Which is, I think, a question a lot of people in the Democratic Party are asking. Do you still see a path to the nomination? Obviously, you're behind the delegates. It looks like a very hard path. And if not, why are you remaining in the race? Well, we're about 300 delegates behind. Biden has 1,200. We have 900. Uh, there is a path. It is admittedly a narrow path. Uh, but I would tell you, Seth, that there are a lot of people who are supporting me. We have a strong grassroots movement who believe that we have got to stay in in order to continue the fight to make the world know that we need Medicare for all, uh, that we need to uh, raise the minimum wage to a living wage, that we need paid family and medical leave, one of the crises that we're dealing with right now, that we must address uh, climate change and education, all the issues that we have been talking about. Campaigns are an important way to maintain that fight and raise public consciousness on those issues. So that's, I, I think, one of the arguments for going forward. 
you know, I think that Bernie Sanders, you know, Bernie Sanders is 78 years old, right? So whatever decisions he has made on how he wants to do things, it's probably not going to change. It's probably not going to change at, at 78 years old. But riddle me this, Bernie. How, how do you win if you are no longer competing against the person beating you? How do you have a path if you are no longer making an argument against the other candidate? We could get into whether he's been too, too weak against Biden, which he has. You haven't said anything about Joe Biden in two weeks. Maybe people around you are saying, now's not the time to go political. People are dying. Now's not the time to go against Joe Biden. I don't know when the time would be. You're down 300 delegates. You're not actually saying anything against Joe Biden at a time when Joe Biden is giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to plant a seed of doubt in the remaining voters who have not voted yet. I think it's extremely, extremely unlikely that Bernie could win. He's down significantly. However, the only chance you have to win is to change the minds of people that have not yet voted in New York, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in name the states that haven't voted. There's a lot of them. Over half the country has not voted. That Joe Biden is not up to the task. You don't have to say he's cognitively declining, but you can point out that he's not up to the task. All you need to do is show the video of Joe Biden. And in order to avoid that, those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we have to uh, depend on what the president's going to do right now. And first of all, he has to uh, tell, uh, uh, wait till the cases before anything happens. Look, the whole idea is he's got to get in place things that we're shortages of. You call it what you want. The guy's having a brain aneurysm on a daily basis. And you are not going at this guy? The guy, as millions of people are losing their health care right now. Millions of people are going to lose their health care tomorrow. Because most people, when you get laid off from your job, you keep your health care through the end of the month. Tomorrow's April 1st. Not, a, not an April Fool's joke. Millions of people are losing their health care tomorrow. Joe Biden, when asked about it yesterday, says, no, nah, no, nah, single payer wouldn't help anything through this pandemic. Bernie Sanders hasn't said a word. Hasn't said a word. When the, it's like manna from heaven. This is the time. This is the moment. Not only to make the case for Medicare for all, but to make the case that this man, your opponent, Joe Biden, is willing to leave you without health care and willing to leave you to die if you get sick. He's saying, no, I wouldn't, I, I'm still not going to, I would still not pass Medicare for all, even though this coronavirus pandemic is exposing the total inadequacy, the total um, immoral basis of our for-profit health care. The fact that you do not have a safety net in this country. You do not have a safety net in this country. If you get laid off, if you lose your job, if there's a health crisis where there's mass layoffs like we're, we're experiencing right now, if, if and when, not if, but when the inferno comes your way, the inferno climate crisis comes your way, and companies have to shut down just like right now, you're going to lose your health care then too. He's got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity right now to go at Joe Biden, and he's not taking any of it. There's a couple theories. One, he doesn't want to be looked at as negative. He doesn't want to be attacked for playing politics during a crisis. Which to that, I say, Bernie, they're going to attack you no matter what you do. 
You waking up in the morning, you're going to get attacked by the establishment, whether you stay quiet and you don't attack Joe Biden or whether you go scorched earth. As Bernie does this, as Bernie does this, uh, I'd, if you're not going to go against Joe Biden, then you should drop out, frankly. Because Joe Biden is giving you every single opportunity. He's basically begging you to go at him. He's begging you. And by the way, by the way, right now, this is from Politico. Workers of Amy Klobuchar, of Pete Buttigieg, who were ranting against Medicare for all, well, because of the coronavirus pandemic, they're without health care because they can't get a job in politics. This is from Politico. Take Wyatt Ronan. He was the New Hampshire communications director for Better O'Rourke, and then he was the New Hampshire state director for Deval Patrick. And in the wake of the state's primary, he was planning on moving to Washington to look for work, but it didn't happen. He's still in New Hampshire, sharing an apartment in Manchester, counting down the days remaining on the health care plan he had from the Patrick campaign. Health insurance, that's the scariest issue, more so than ever the work or a job. A former Bloomberg staffer, we know that Bloomberg screwed all his workers, told them they were going to have a job with healthcare through November, and then got laid, laid them off because he's Michael Bloomberg, and what does he fucking care? Honestly, that's probably the biggest thing, said Anjan Mukherjee, who is Klobuchar's research director, referring to what he's hearing from more junior staffers from the campaign. Where will I get my health care? The article also referenced some uh, workers for Pete Buttigieg. You know, he said, how dare you, Bernie Sanders, try to take away rip health care out of the hands of the 160 million Americans who just love their health care so much. Well, right now, a lot of the workers for those empty shells, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Bloomberg, they don't have any health care. What, what do you know? Right now is the best, largest opportunity for Bernie Sanders to make the case for Medicare for All but also to make the case that Joe Biden is not for you. Joe Biden is willing to let you die. I'm not being dramatic. People die without health care in America all the time. Right now, Joe Biden is saying if I was president and millions of people were laid off during a health crisis that we do not know how long it's going to go, Anthony Fauci, the doctor that Trump has been using, uh, the, the lead of the coronavirus task force, has said this could even come back in the fall. It might subside in a few weeks, but it could come back in the fall. Joe Biden is t saying to all of America, if I was president and those people get fired because during a pandemic, no, no, you're not going to have universal health care. It's going to be through your employer. Okay, so what are you going to do for those workers who lose their jobs? Uh, well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can't construct a complete sentence. So for those of you who don't like me criticizing Bernie, I'm sorry. I, I'm a big fan of Bernie Sanders, but if you're, not going to go, if you're not going to go at Joe Biden, step aside. We don't need you just to make the case for Medicare for all. We need you to make the case against Joe Biden. And if this moment that everything you have been screaming about for five to seven years, you, know, you now have an audience beyond progressives. You have older people who might be more inclined to vote for Joe Biden in Wisconsin, in New York, in Pennsylvania, in the states that haven't voted, that are directly being affected by coronavirus and the pandemic. They might be thinking, wait a minute, why isn't there paid sick leave? They might be thinking, wait a minute, Am I going to have my Social Security? Many of them still work. They're getting laid off. What about, uh, what about food and, and uh, Meals on Wheels and, and SNAP programs that they rely on? They're all waiting for someone to take the mantle of leadership, and Joe Biden is not doing it. And frankly, because Bernie and Jane... Report, you know, reports say they happen to like the Bidens and Biden was nice to him in the Senate. He refuses to go at him. Well, Bernie, I, I don't know what you need to go at him. But frankly, if you're staying in to like keep pushing the message and like get a more 
progressive platform. You know, they wanted to st- he wanted to stay in to make the Democratic platform more progressive. Do us a favor and drop out because that progressive platform, they could put on that platform anything. If Joe Biden is elected, he's going to take that platform and he's going to wipe his ass with it, just like Hillary Clinton did. You know, Jennifer Rubin at the Washington Post. Oh, goodness. I don't want to get my blood pressure up. Jennifer Rubin, who honestly is the new, I mean, she's the Bernie slayer. I think I've read at least 100 columns from Jennifer Rubin uh, this campaign, anti-Bernie columns. She headlines this, the benefit of the Democrats denouncing Sanders' selfishness. She's a warmonger, too, who helped push us into Iraq, but that's a whole different story. So she's coming up with this gem. The problem, according to many Democrats, remains... Remains that 15% of Sanders supporters say in polling that they would vote for President Trump over Biden. This nugget actually makes the opposite argument. There is nothing that would satisfy some faction of the Sanders coalition that would rather blow up our democracy and reelect Trump. With people so irrational, ugh, those fucking people who want health care and sick leave and a house over a roof over their head, those fucking irrational fucking rats. With people so irrational, the best response is to ignore them. They, like the MAGA hat crowd, are unreachable unreachable and cannot be bargained with. More New Green Deal talk. Oh, God. As she probably swigs that Chardonnay and caviar. So don't try. No more outreach to Sanders. No more promised policy modifications. No more speaking slots at at the convention. Enough. Enough, Jennifer Rubin writes. But that's not all. She's got, a, she's got really, really crack political advice. It would make perfectly clear that Biden is not Sanders and not a crazy left winger, as Trump would like to paint him in the campaign. Biden makes a sharp distinction between the Democratic Socialist crowd and his own brand of center-left politics. Since he can't get the 15% of Bernie or bust Democrats or independents, he might as well make a strong play for moderate independents and disaffected Republicans. Cutting Sanders off effectively allows Biden to pitch to gettable swing voters, not waste time on attainable, unattainable Bernie bros. Oh, God. God, I can't take any more of this. I just can't take any more. I can't take any more. Let me show you Chuck Schumer. Remember Chuck in 2016? For every blue-collar Democrat we lose in western Pennsylvania, we'll pick up two moderate Republicans in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And you could repeat that in Ohio and Illinois and Wisconsin. This was the Democratic Party's strategy in 2016. Oh no, we're not going to actually provide or offer progressives anything real. No, 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 no. That would involve giving up the money train. That would involve stopping to take the money from Wall Street, from the fossil fuckers, from big real estate, big pharma, Silicon Valley. No, we're not doing that. So if we have to lose, you know, hey, if we lose a blue collar worker in Western Pennsylvania, there's plenty of, quote, moderate Republicans in the suburbs of Philadelphia that will that will make up for it. Two to one, Chuck Schumer said. And repeat that in Ohio and Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, Anat, when when does pre- when's President Hillary Clinton's press conference today? When's when's President Hillary Clinton's press conference? Oh, so now the intellectual bourgeoisie is telling us. Let's just don't bother with the progressives. You know, the, 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 the most growing voting bloc in America. By the way, a lot of those progressives are Latinos. Let's try and court the moderate Republicans. And by the way, it's not only, it wasn't only Chuck Schumer. Hillary Clinton was targeting Republicans turned off by Donald Trump. That's part of why she picked Tim Kaine as her vice president. Miss Clinton's campaign is repositioning itself after a year of emphasizing liberal positions. Repositioning is a different term. It's just a a synonym for selling out 
and moonwalking. Not that anyone believed her liberal positions in the first place. So she, she tried to appeal to independents and Republican-leaning white voters. Unfortunately, these political geniuses who apparently are paid to lose don't realize there's no longer a thing. There's no, moderate Republicans don't exist anymore. You know, what a moderate, you know what a moderate Republican is? The mainstream Democratic Party. That's, that's who the moderate Republicans are. Democrats, for the most part. So what they think is a moderate Republican that's going to come vote for Joe Biden, they don't exist. The moderate Republicans are the Democrats. What, what used to be moderate Republicans are now bad, crazy, extremist, MAGA people. But the truly, um, the truly crazy thing about this, what's going to happen, Joe Biden's probably going to pick, my money's on Kamala Harris, maybe Amy Klobuchar, uh, which is basically a you to the progressives. Um, he's going to perform awfully in the general election debates. That is, if he makes it. What's happening here is they are in real time picking the wrong strategy. When it blows up in their face, because Trump is just foaming at the mouth to start running ads against Joe Biden. Sleepy Joe, wouldn't surprise me if you start hearing Dementia Joe. I'm not kidding. Trump, Trump does not care. He'll call him Dementia Joe. Starts running ads of Joe Biden sniffing, sniffing young children's hair, talking about children rubbing his hairy legs. Now there's a woman, uh, Tara Reid, accusing him of sexual assault. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's false. All I know is it's despicable that the media isn't really covering it. She deserves to be heard. And Joe Biden maybe should be asked about it. He's been interviewed on MSNBC, on CNN, not asked about it. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was smeared once. I don't just believe women no matter what. I want to know the facts. But if you're the Democratic frontrunner, shouldn't you be asked about a woman claiming that you forced yourself upon her, pushed her against the wall, and penetrated her with your finger? I think you should be asked about that. So far, he has not. But Donald Trump is certainly going to bring it up. Donald Trump is certainly going to bring up his cognitive state. Donald Trump is certainly going to bring up his fakakta stories about being jailed in apartheid South Africa. So get ready. They're already blaming. They're already blaming. And shamefully enough, not only are they blaming the Bernie people for Joe Biden's lack of enthusiasm, I mean, 24% of voters polled that say they'll vote for Joe Biden are strongly enthusiastic about voting for Joe Biden. That's the lowest rate in 20 years. Not only that, but now they're trying to shame Bernie Sanders' press secretary and put her out of work for the rest of her career. Did you see this? This is Bernie Sanders' press secretary, Brianna Joy Gray. She tweeted, I thought fairly innocently, Senator Kamala Harris had tweeted, testing for coronavirus and treatment needs to be free, period. So Brianna said, this is a good start, but is it okay to die from cancer or diabetes because you're poor? Oh my God, the establishment has gone bad crazy at Brianna today. Crazy over this. Bakari Seller, Sellers, who's a sellout, CNN commentator, this is toxic. She's been part of the problem. He says towards Brianna Greyjoy. Then someone I don't know says we've both, we've both been in politics long enough to know that this person is putting herself in a very bad position for future opportunities. I hope she knows exactly what she's doing because making unnecessary enemies is a fool's error. I don't know. That sounds like a threat to me. That sounds like you're not getting invited to the DNC Christmas party in the next 30 years. Oh, you're not getting a job after the revolution with Bernie. And Bakari Sellers responds, this is like Game of Thrones, like the North remembers. Oh, we remember. Bakari Sellers says, we'll remember. Just disgusting. I don't think Brianna Greyjoy is going to have any problem getting a job. I want to get to this fantasy 
and, and Anat, you and I have been talking about this for a while. I want to talk about the fantasy that is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is somehow like the new champion of the resistance. And New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is somehow like filling the leadership vacuum here because he can construct full sentences, unlike Joe Biden, because he talks competently, because optically he sounds like a leader every day during his press conferences. Andrew Cuomo, I'm not saying Andrew Cuomo is responsible for all 1,500 deaths in the New York. That would be a reckless statement. Of course, that's not true. But Andrew Cuomo, and I, a lot of you don't like that I have called for this. Andrew Cuomo should have called for a quarantine in New York State two weeks ago. My girlfriend and I were talking about it two weeks ago. New York State and New York City in particular has a very, very high percentage of people who travel from other countries into the city in New York. I'm not trying to be um, uh, anti-Chinese right now. I love Asian people. But the bottom line is New York City has a lot of Asian people. And a lot of them go to and from China quite frequently. So New York City, between uh, Asian people, we have a lot of people from Europe, a lot of people from all around the world are here in New York City. So the coronavirus, this state and this city, you can't trace. You know, they say contact tracing. There's no way to trace who has it in New York City, who has it in New York State. But Governor Cuomo, when he was called on, and by the way, just so you know the numbers here, uh, 70, 70, over 75,000 uh, 75, cases have been identified in New York. When a cluster of coronavirus cases was first reported in the New York City suburb of New Rochelle, which, by the way, my, my older brother, his wife, their two children live right there where that cluster is. They, are, they were in the heart of this. They have been under quarantine for a month now, I think. Local and state officials raced to contain the outbreak. The National Guard was deployed. Drive-through testing began. Epidemiologists attempted to find contacts of the first patients. Okay, so over 75,000 cases in New York. Over 1,500 people have died in New York, and that number is going up rapidly. But when people asked Governor Cuomo about quarantining, he said absolutely not. That would be a, quote, federal declaration of war, he called it. It would be chaos and mayhem to do that. It's totally opposite everything he's been saying. I don't think it's plausible. I don't think it's legal. A lockdown is what they did in Wuhan, China. We're not in China and we're not in Wuhan. I believe it would be illegal. As a governor, I'm not going to close off my borders, he added. I'm not going to get into the legality because I'm not a lawyer. I don't think it's illegal. But the bottom line is this. I understand people who are very afraid of big government, of tyranny, believe that would be an encroachment of civil liberties, all that. Okay, well, there's body bags piling up 10 blocks from me right now. There's a hospital 10 blocks from me right now with body bags piling up. They're, they, they are piling up all over this city. On Long Island, where my parents live, people are dying. Upstate New York, Westchester County, people are dying. Meanwhile, because he hasn't issued a quarantine, stupidity like this is going on. Guidance, if you guide people to do something in a city with, how many people live in New York City? Eight million? This is people not social distancing, packed like sardines, waiting for uh, the ship that Trump was sending into New York Harbor, which is going to be a makeshift hospital. Because the hospitals here are being overrun. And guess what? People watching as that ship come in might end up in that hospital. 
because this governor has not issued, yes, it would be burdensome. But what is more chaotic? Two weeks where you can't leave your home? Or emergency rooms that look like war zones? Body bags piling up. Nurses with garbage bags wrapped around them because they don't have the proper equipment. Hospitals being overrun. Medical equipments running out. This governor had the opportunity to lead 10 to 14 days ago, issue a quarantine of New York State. Uh, I think the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, has been behind this too, but he said he was thinking of doing a quarantine in New York City, and the governor said he would not allow it. Well, you, because you think it's illegal? Trust me, if you live in New York and you know New York politics, Many of New, uh, Andrew Cuomo's top aides have been arrested on corruption. He's not exactly a bastion for legality. He's no angel, Governor Cuomo, even though MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post have been drooling over him for the last week. Because unlike Joe Biden and unlike Trump, he could construct full sentences and he doesn't, he's not, that we know of, lying every other breath. And by the way, I, I do send our well wishes because Chris Cuomo of CNN tested positive. I'm not a big CNN person. I'm not a big Chris Cuomo person, but obviously I want him to get well. We all should. So this guy is a hero who should have quarantined New York State two weeks ago. This is the hero. Because by the way, as he, as he chose not to quarantine New York State, he's also... At this very moment, they're failing to mention this. He's calling for $2.5 billion in Medicaid cuts. $2.5 billion, with a B, in Medicaid cuts, including $400 million in trims to hospitals based on a recommendation made months earlier. And he has not revived or, or altered this after the crisis. Cutting Medicaid would leave New York on the outside of $6.7 billion in federal aid. But Cuomo has responded to that, not by standing down, but by saying, quote, we can't do a budget without changes to Medicaid. Yeah, change Medicaid at the time when millions of New Yorkers, well, I shouldn't say millions, tens of thousands of New Yorkers are getting laid off, aren't going to have health care, and might need Medicaid. Let's cut $2.5 billion in Medicaid. Wow, what an amazing leader Andrew Cuomo is. Such an amazing leader because unlike Trump, he sounds coherent. Such an amazing leader because unlike Biden, he knows where he is when he speaks. The bar has been set so low that Andrew Cuomo is considered the new leader of the establishment Democratic Party. And now theories are going on that they might swap Biden out for him. By the way, as Dave Dayen in The Prospect points out, as recently as March 6, Cuomo was reassuring New Yorkers irresponsibly that, quote, we have far more people in the hospital from the flu than COVID-19. He has also been reckless on not emptying the jails. Rikers Island right now is a literal health emergency. It is in the midst of an outbreak of coronavirus because Andrew Cuomo has refused to empty the jail. Over 300 inmates and staff are already infected. Upstate prisoners are making hand sanitizer for 65 cents an hour. However, so maybe they could pilfer some of that and hope for the best. He's basically leaving people in jail to die. I mean, it's not just Andrew Cuomo, by the way. If you live in Florida, the Republican governor there has been absolutely reckless. A week ago, there were still people on South Beach, spring breaking. I don't, I don't know if they still are. There's governors, Democrats, and Republicans that have been completely reckless. And frankly, President Trump, the buck stops with the president. He should have called for a national lockdown. Italy did that, and as bad as it got in Italy, after two weeks of a lockdown, the numbers started going down. But because, oh no, 
We're capitalists. We can't shut down the economy for two weeks. They'd rather do this makeshift bullshit that we've been doing where every state has a different system. One state has a shelter in place. Another state has guidance. Other states have, you know, strongly recommend you stay in. Anat, wasn't there people in Central Park like a week ago? I just showed you the image of people gathering to watch this boat come into New York Harbor. So as health officials in Washington, D.C. are working to, as they say, um, what are they saying? Something the curve? Flatten. Flatten the curve. Because New York Governor Andrew Cuomo suddenly cares about the law and doesn't want to, you know, a federal, that would be a federal declaration of war. I believe this is a war. And you know what? I'd rather a leader take leadership, even if a lot of people don't like it, because a lot of people wouldn't like a two-week quarantine. By not doing that, over 1,500 people have died in New York. That's, that's half of the death count in America. A lot more people are going to die. And because it's a novel coronavirus, we do not know everything about the coronavirus. Who the hell knows if it's going to come back? Anthony Fauci said it might come back during the fall. This is not a leader. This is someone who speaks well, who, who commands an audience during press conferences, who seems like he's on top of it, while behind the scenes he's cutting $2.5 billion in Medicaid. And oh, by the way, if that wasn't good enough for you, guess what else he's doing? Governor Cuomo is putting private equity vultures in charge of the coronavirus recovery in New York. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced at a press conference on Monday, March 23rd, that he was charging his former high-level aides, William Mulrow and Stephen M. Cohen, with rebuilding New York's economy in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak. Cuomo's former aides have deep ties to Wall Street. Mulrow is a senior advisory director at the private equity giant Blackstone Group, and Cohen is chief administrative officer of McAndrews and Forbes, the conglomerate owned by billionaire Cuomo donor Ronald Perelman. Mulrow's specific conflicts of interest raise grave concerns that New York's recovery efforts could abet Wall Street profiteering as the state's millions of working class people suffer. In addition to his position at Blackstone, Mulrow holds lucrative board seats at a major gas and electric utility, a real estate developer, and a mining company, all of which creates tremendous conflicts of interest with a just recovery Putting Wall Street insiders in charge of New York's economic recovery raises concerns that the state's response to the global economic collapse precipitated by the coronavirus pandemic will prioritize the profits of billionaire investors and further entrench New York's deep economic inequality. If you don't know, New York has the highest rate of income inequality in the nation, number one. And by the way, on a federal, on a federal level, because let's not let the Republicans off the hook, Guess who Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, is putting in charge of the coronavirus bailout? A Morgan Stanley executive. 